2: Hey, all you dog loving peeps out there. It's me, Tom Davis, America's Canon Educator, and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs Podcast. Just wanted to say thank you guys so much for the support. I love you guys so much for everything that you do for me. We have been ranked like top ten podcasts in the pet and uh in the pet industry in the United States for like six months now, or we were. I don't know if we still are, but anyway, we were ranked for a while. So anyway, you guys are rocking. You guys are killing it. Thank you so much for consuming the content. Today, we have an episode that goes into a lot of different things. We're talking about a fearful dog, but we also go into some of the different types of scenarios and different types of terminology and methods about working with fearful dogs and and of course talking about the solutions and the things that we've done and some things that could work um so it's it's a dog training involved thing it talks a lot about uh what to do with working with a fearful dog the tools to use why to use these tools why do to you use not why to use not why to not use some of these tools so it really is an in-depth um conversation I had with one of my online clients. It was, I really enjoyed it. Um, so we're going to jump right into that. But before I do, I just wanted to say thank you guys again. If you guys haven't yet, you guys can support the podcast by just simply leaving a review on your podcast platform. It would mean the world to me. Uh, I do this for free. So it would be awesome if you guys could just pop down there and tell me what you think about the podcast. It would mean a lot to me. So let's get in the podcast. Hello. Hello, this is Tom.
3: Hey Tom, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well.
2: Awesome. Go for Go it. for it. What are we dealing with here?
3: Awesome. Well, um, so I basically reached out. Um, I've actually recently um, came across your YouTube videos, which have been really helpful. Um, but so I have a, so, which is why I, you know reached out to you guys. But um, I have a three-year-old lab border collie mix, I think. She's a rescue. And um, she. I got her when she was about six months old. And, um, you know, I think the biggest issue is uh, fear aggression. Um, And I've worked with a trainer before, and we've kind of worked on some uh, training with a prong collar. Um, But she's still... I haven't been able to get it like fully sort of managed. Like it's definitely manageable now, but especially in the past few months, it's it's gotten a little worse where um, she just seems a little bit more aggressive towards people and dogs. And it's getting to the point where like, I can't really even go visit family that have other dogs. Well, I can, but it's just a very stressful okay. uh, situation. Um, so that's kind of the thing. And yeah. And so she, she's, a rescue. I don't know much about, you know, what ha- her environment beforehand, but I think that she was very like isolated and then all of a sudden in a kind of a city environment. So that's always been an issue. So she's very aware of like everything that's going on and like scared of kind of everything. Um, so yeah.
2: Yeah. So she's, she's fearful of, of, um, she's fearful of like dogs and people or just everything or.
3: Yeah. I mean, once she is like desensitized to you or that dog, like she's fine. It's like the initial sort of, uh, meeting. Um, which is to say, you know, there are certain dogs, like she just doesn't like ever, but she has like a few dog friends that she's, she's fine with, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of it. And then, um, yeah, like on walks, if there's, even if there's like, you know, especially men, especially kids, uh, scooters, uh, strollers, kind of everything. She she just wants to get away from them, um, and so what I've been doing, which I, it's probably been making it worse, is I just kind of cross the street or try to get away from it. Because um, another thing that I've been that has happened twice is, you know, she'll she'll get into a situation where. Like, I'm trying to just get us past this one thing, but she doesn't want to do it. So she'll actually, you know, yank the collar and she's gotten out twice, which has been, you know, really scary. So sure. um, also just want to avoid that, too.
2: So she's she's fearful of literally everything when you're out on a walk until she's used to it or desensitized to it. Now, when she slipped out of the collar, was that a th- that was a prong collar or?
3: So that was a prong collar. It's a, st- it's, we use a star, a star, star mark. mark. I think okay. that was my, that was my fault, obviously, because I think I, I got a size maybe too big and then it just wasn't on, it, it might've just been too big. And she's just very like, uh, you yeah. know, wiggly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. at the other time that it happened, so that was one time, the other time it happened, it was a harness call. It was a harness. Okay. So, um, okay. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. So your ultimate goal is to get her more confident, uh, obviously, um, w- with new things, new people um, in in certain situations. She's six months old. How long have you had her?
3: Oh, so sorry. I got her when she was six months. She's three years. Oh, okay.
2: Okay. 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 Sorry. I, that was my bad. I, I just wrote. Yeah. I like write notes down super fast. So I'm like writing no, no, like you're six good. months old, blah, 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 you know? Okay, so three yeah, months yeah. three you you've had her for six months since she was six months old, but she's three years old about now, okay? Yeah,
3: okay mm-hmm. yeah, so two and a half
2: years. Okay. So um, now I, I talk about this often too is like there's certain types of dogs just like with people that are like just not comfortable with certain things. So trying to take yep. a circle and put it in a triangle hole type thing is like you get somebody that's just terrified of public speaking and then they get to mm-hmm. a point where they finally do it. They're still not going to love it. They're still not going to, you know, and you can, you know, put that template into literally anything, but you get the idea. Right. So that's the first thing I like to say is like we have to be realistic with our expectations of what she can do. What, what is her name? Emma. Emma. So we have to be realistic with the expectations of what Emma can do. And um, we have to be fair uh, to ourselves, too, because I think people give themselves like unrealistic expectations as well, which yeah. is, you know, not ideal. Um, so moving forward, I think that what you should be really practicing and focusing on is how to, I don't want to say manage because that's not the right word, but how to... Start to really get her a little bit more comfortable with these environmental changes and the environmental sequences that are happening around her. I would mm-hmm. say, just to give you an example, we can realistically get her more comfortable with children being around or mm-hmm. a, 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 a guy or a man being around, but there's certain limitations to what that individual can do with her and towards her. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Hey, it's, it's realistic and fair to say you can't freak out when a child is around, but I think it's right. fair to say it's appropriate for you to maybe yeah, freak out if a child came running up to you screaming.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so what type of um, training have you done so far? I know you said you worked with the trainer and you're, you've used a prong collar and harness and all these different things, which it, it doesn't matter as much to me right now. I just want to know what are some exercises you found that has worked so far, uh, yeah. in, in Emma's training? So I think the, the best thing that
3: we've been working on is, um, well, I guess I'll start with, we, I got a trainer, like kind of right at the beginning because like she literally just wouldn't walk for me at Mm -hmm. all. So I needed to, you know, figure that out. So I I worked with a trainer and we, we did, um, you know, starting with sit, stay, place, the thing that she mastered, um, I I mean, she hasn't, like, I haven't been, you know, um, super, I could have been stricter probably. So she's, she's really good when like, we're together, so she'll sit for me, she'll stay, she'll do place, she'll go to place. Um in but when um in public, so if if there are too many things going on, no. She she's like freaking out. Okay. Um if if we're like far enough away, she'll sit. Um like for example, I just took her on a walk uh right before this and there was a, a little girl with a, a scooter. Mm-hmm. So that's normally, you know, a trigger. Uh, but I actually, you know, I just got her into a sit and she, she didn't freak out, but it, they were across the street. So I think if they were closer, it would have been more of a reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so it's more like she's very obedient when she is, you know, not afraid. But if there right. are other things going on, she, like, can't really... Yeah. Uh, Concentrate on that.
2: No, that makes sense. So she's. So when you're out, and this is something that a lot of people have a problem with, um, specifically with like a fearful dog is at home or maybe outside in, in your yard. The obedience is there, but when you get out, they shut down because they're just so fearful. Right. And, and, and a lot of it is vulnerability too. The dog mm-hmm. just shuts down because they, they don't want to really focus on you because they're fearful of somebody coming up or whatever. Right. Um, is there any reason i mean was she abused or is there any reason for her to necessarily be like this prior
3: not not that i know of and and the rescue didn't really give me a lot of information like i kind of you know i asked them like because we agreed you know i was going to get a puppy Uh, i was actually supposed to get her earlier uh like around four four fourish months Um, but I just think something happened and I got her at six months and they, they said she was, you know, a normal puppy. She was actually with, um, her siblings. Um, so maybe once, you know, I, I got her and it was just us, maybe some of that confidence went away. I don't, I don't really know. Right. But she was definitely in Louisiana and then she was transported up. I'm guessing, um, she was more in like a rural area where not a lot of things, not of a lot of yeah. contact and then maybe like was handled by, you know, maybe men sure. who were at the shelter or something like that. Sure. So, so yeah. Okay. Um, the trainer that I worked with beforehand said she doesn't think she was abused, but okay. you know, who really knows?
2: Yeah. Who really knows? All right. So yeah. actions to move forward, I would say, um, and, and and again I don't know everything that you've done so far. So what I would start doing is is she food motivated at all? Does she like what is her motive what does she like to, to work for?
3: Yeah, she definitely likes she's definitely food motivated. The thing is, is when she is overwhelmed, she won't eat food.
2: Right. And that's matter. with and that's with most, most dogs, which is why I like a lot of the behavioral work I deal with, you can't use food. You can't use motivation at all because they shut down every single time. So even if you bring the dog in for six months every day, they're like, nope, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I can't do this. They're they're at that level. So you have to use alternate methods in order to like really break through. So here's what I would do is I would go out um, and really work on like a hybrid area and a hybrid area for her would be a situation where she it, it's definitely in her, um, out of her comfort zone, but it's not extraordinarily out of her comfort zone where she's shutting down completely. So getting mm-hmm. that area where she's a little bit, I call it a hybrid, I just made it up, but like a, okay. like a hybrid zone where, where she's decently okay. Um, right. And then working on maybe engagement. So working on like a focus command or working on something like that. Now, realistically, and I, that's, that's my thing, right? I'm realistic. I'm mm-hmm. down to earth as can be. I'm not going to give you a bunch of unrealistic fairy dust stuff. Um, if you even work on a sit, a stay, or a focus with a dog that is really, um, innately instinctually vulnerable to a point where they feel like they're under attack, they're not going to do any of that anyway. They're going to be looking around at their shoulder all the time. You put them in a sit, they jump up and they turn around, they hear something, you know, so I understand that moving forward in, in, in a more distracted environment, obedience may not play a role. But I would Mm -hmm. hybridly or alternatively be working on some of that obedience with lots of positive reinforcement, lots of food. Um, And when I say lots of food, for me, lots of food is like probably different from other trainers. But, you know, just focus on me. Pay him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Focus on me. Pay him a little bit. Give him a break. Put him in a sit. Pay him. Yay. Lots of verbal praise, too. Um, Yeah. You know, good sit, Emma. Good job, Emma. Like all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, now that, that's what I would start off with. And I'm sure you've already kind of crossed those, those boundaries. And then what I would also do is get, um, start off with maybe a slip. If you, um, it sounds like you don't have the right prong collar, uh, right now, but start off with maybe a slip and then (coughs) start going into those environments where you feel like she's going to start being insecure or maybe shut down because sometimes When you get an animal that is like completely shut down, sometimes it goes one way or the other. Sometimes if you stop and put them in that environment, they do good or bad. Sometimes they freak out even more where they're like, we got to go. They get into fight or flight, Mm -hmm. flighty, flighty, flighty. Mm -hmm. And then other times they do good where they're looking around and they're looking side to side and they're like, hey, this isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then that gives you an opportunity to like, good job, Emma. And they're like, what did I do? You know, and it just it makes yeah. it. And then and then, uh, and then there's always a flip side to everything. And then also sometimes talking to the dog distracts them from getting better because they're finally in their mm-hmm. own head going, oh, this isn't so bad. This is getting good. I'm okay. And then you say, Emma, and she goes, wait, what? And then all of a sudden she like kind of throws herself off, kind of like running on a mm-hmm. treadmill where you, you're paying attention to what you're doing. And then you look uh, yeah. off to the other direction and then you almost fall because you're not paying attention and it kind of it, it throws you off completely. So right. anyway, so there's fl- so that's what I want you to do is investigate what okay. works and what doesn't and don't be binary about anything because that's what, what I, you know, that's my methodology is like when you're working with animals, you have to be as versatile as humanly possible to switch yeah. gears, switch equipment, switch up your tone, switch up mm-hmm. everything. And really double down on what works. And be like, yes, this is good. Capture, 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 capture. Um, mm. <clears throat> and so just flip the coin all the time. And really alternate through those cycles. Of what's working and what's not. And investigate. It may take a couple days or a couple weeks. Or a couple hours or whatever. To really figure yeah. out what's working. But I, I would highly suggest to just switch out your stuff. So the other thing is, okay. is just moving straight through those environments. So going to an area where it's a little busier. And okay. so say there's say there's people on the left and the right and they're eating and they're talking and they're conversing and whatever you want to keep her and just move straight through those situations um, okay. shoulders straight, not looking at her, just grab and go, just, just literally go. Uh, I right. say that a lot. Grab and go is just something that's like a phrase I say, because I w- that's what I want my clients to do when I'm working with them to just freaking go right through, just literally just hit it head on, you know? So, okay. Sure. That may give you an opportunity because, again, like sometimes, because your goal, again, realistically is what I would say your goal is, is to be able to take her out without her having huge meltdowns and without her physically shutting down to a point where she won't move. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're ever going to get to a point where she's like, this is great. You know, I think that realistically, if you can yeah. just move past certain situations without her shutting down physically and hopefully mentally, right. that would be wonderful. Right.
3: So, so quick question about that. Um, so say I, I were to take her to a hybrid because, you know, to be honest, I have I think I've just avoided it because like sure. uh, we go hiking a lot. We go, you know, um, to more, you know less populated parks. Um, Where do you live? but I live in DC. Okay. Um, so, and the area I live is, is kind of quieter than, you know, if you're familiar with like, you know, more of the downtown area. Yeah, so I did some work a in better.
2: Alexandria last year, the year oh, before. So I'm kind of familiar with that area.
3: Yeah. And, and, and there's actually a, a lot of options for mm-hmm. like trails and stuff, which is great, uh, which I would do either way. Right. But, um, so the thing is, so we live next to this park, it's called Lincoln Park, and I've, I've actually tried to take her there kind of doing what you were saying, but we can't even get like, once we get, there's like a block and then you cross the street and then there's the mm-hmm. park. Mm -hmm. So we can't even really get to the intersection before she starts, like, trying to get out of the the collar or, like, backing up or or anything like that. So what do you you suggest uh, that situation happens? So
2: that's something that you have to, like, for me, okay? So I did this session. It's one of my favorite sessions I've done in a long time, but it's with a, a very insecure pit bull. And the dog shut down, hid under the chair, shaking. Just would not. She's worked with a trainer for five other months or whatever it was, and just Mm -hmm. would not open up. And it was so she was making. So my point is, she was making the decision to say, "I'd rather not." Mm -hmm. So for me as a trainer, I have to empathetically, structurally um, represent myself in a way of, okay, I get it. Like you're nervous, Mm. you're scared, (laughs) just like a kid going to like kindergarten or you know, anything that you're, you're like, it's naturally like, okay, this is not, I'm not comfortable with this, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Right. No matter what, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me it's, it's like, what have we actually tried to, to do, you know? And so in your case, you've tried to harness flips out of that. Right. You have tried a mm-hmm. prom collar that maybe didn't fit properly. So that flipped out too. And it doesn't really work. And, mm-hmm. and, and equipment is so valuable, and it doesn't matter what equipment it is, but if you use it right, it's, like, extraordinarily valuable. Um, right. So, for me, in, in that situation, I just got a 20-foot long line, and I was at the okay. other... And so, previously, I would say, come on, tap, 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 with, like a, like, a martingale or a slip collar, and the dog just choked, choked, choked. She'd rather choke herself mm. out than come to me. Mm. I was like, okay, I get this. You know, so... <laughs> So then I just put the prong collar on the 2.25, small prong collar, mm-hmm. fit it really nicely. It sat right above the dog's, you know, right on the right, bo- right behind the dog's ears, just fit really nicely. And mm-hmm. I kid you not, it's all on film. It's beautiful. I just tapped it a couple times, and she just, ears down, came wiggling over to me, not happily, <sighs> but like, okay, I'll come. And then she yeah. came, she sat in my lap. And I've done okay. that before with another dog, um was a yorkshire terrier that was abused they took all of her teeth out they bred her Mm. same thing she was just skidding 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 away and i had no leverage to so again here's my here's my my fork in the road i get it Mm -hmm. you're nervous but this is something that you really need to get over and i don't want to force you i don't want to make you i don't want to muscle you to do anything that you don't want to do however how can I communicate with you, again, empathetically, humanely, responsibly, but sternly to say, trust me, just try this, where the dog's not choking themselves out or causing uh, long-term severe problems to them physically or even mentally. So that prom right. caller coming up fit properly, coming up and just saying, hey, hey, twice, <clears throat> and she fought it a little bit, and she just moved forward. Right. She just went boom, boom boom boom. And that and I've seen that I've seen that over and over and over and over again. So my point is, reflecting back to you and Emma, mm-hmm. is when you get into a situation where she shuts down physically, she's mentally making a decision to say, Nope, not doing it. Can't do it. Won't mm-hmm. do it. Don't want to do it. This is scary. And you as a leader have to be like, I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've had dogs pee in themselves, poop on themselves. I get to a mm. point where they're physically thinking that they're gonna die, no. and I have to be like, "Man, this is tough." I I hate to see dogs like that. I hate to see any animal like that to feel like me just saying, "Hey, let's just walk this way." Not because of me. They don't know me. It's just because they don't trust random people. And I get it. But I right. have to. I have to break down that barrier. As a, I don't. It's not. That's not training at all. Training is like conditioning to me, like obedience training. Mm. This is relationship, life-changing behavior work, right? I have to break down that barrier to say, just trust me, just try. And you're never going to be able to do that having a conversation like we are right now with English, right? Mm -hmm. You have to speak a different language to the dog in order to really push him out of that boundary and push them out of that nest to say, just freaking go, right? (laughs) Just go. Yeah. You get a harness, they slip out of it. You get a Mm -hmm. unfit prong collar, they slip out of it. You get a flat collar, they slip out of it. And even if you get a, a martingale collar that goes tight, they're going to choke themselves out. So what the fit prong collar allows you to do is just pressure up, release pressure, up, release pulsating like this back and forth. And you're not dragging, Mm -hmm. Cause that doesn't do, even if you dragged a dog, it, you might as well put rollerblades on them. They're not, they're not, they're not making the mental decision to actually commit to you. So you're not, right. modi- you're not actually not modifying that behavior at all. Right. So what you want right. to do is you say, Hey, let's go pop with a long line, mm-hmm. maybe pop, pop. And I, I can't tell you how many times that's worked for me. And here's, and I, and I, and I say this to the dog owners and I'll say it to you. I go, here's what's going to happen. We're gonna put this prong collar on Emma. She's gonna fight me like she has been. Cause I I don't I don't always go to a prong collar because a lot of dogs don't need pressure. They don't need um, right any. They just need a little of encouragement. So I try the slip, choke, 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 choke. No, nope, you have to drag. Nope, don't want to do that. That's silly. Same thing with the harness. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the flat. Same thing with food. They're too stressed. Not gonna work. Okay, right. What do we freaking do? What do we do here? What? Okay, well let's spend six months. No, uh, nope, nope, nope. 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 We don't have six months, you know, and it's because they're, mm, they're, mm-hmm. they're refusing to go and they're making that meant it's a mental decision for them to say, no, not going to do it. So you have to make it okay for them to go. And so having that conversation with the prong collar allows them to open up and sustainably be able to say, okay, fine. And then I go, okay, we're going to, we're going to put a long line on. Cause if you put a short line on four foot, six foot, Etc. Mm-hmm. You're having that tug of war. God, let's go! And you're you're just you're going back and forth. And they're like, no! Nah, and they're pulling. And they're so I go <laughs> I go away. I go 20 feet away, 15 foot away, just a couple of taps, and then they they finally they go boom, 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 boom. Especially with you, because she's gonna want to get to you. So now you do two things. You have mm-hmm. the support of the prong collar to help you give the dog the right push in the direction to say let's go without choking them. So it's a safer collar. And right. then you're away from the dog. So say there's there's a, mm. a bunny in between or a bench that has people in between. She mm-hmm. stops on one end and you just walk away. And she puts on right. the brakes. You say, okay, I'm going this way. And you tug. And she might spin her head and, and flail. And then all of a sudden, because of the prong has such precision and such pressure where it needs to go distributing-wise, it's such a valuable, efficient, effective tool to say, let's go. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't even Mm -hmm. correct them. It's just coming up and it's pulsating back and forth, like giving you the pressure, like Mm. let's go. And you're 20 feet away. So then all of a sudden they scram to you and they get to you and you say, Emma, good job. yay! You know, (laughs) she's kind of, she walked on water type thing. And finally, Mm -hmm. and then you do it again, you go back the other way. And she goes, no, I can't. And I crap you not. Every single time I do that back and forth like that, the dog just so mentally they walk past that bench or that, Person or that thing or that bike or whatever, and they slowly but surely get over it. And I've done it over Mm -hmm. and over again. So that's what I would suggest for you, and that's like the sequence that I make. And then eventually, they just walk, and then they feel. So say Mm -hmm. say so so they so say you walk into another situation where she shuts down again, and Mm -hmm. she feels that pressure, and she goes, "Oh no!" And she she jumps right towards you. I've done it, and I've done it on film so many times, and I have documented footage. Of that happening, so how can a prong collar, or something that historically people would consider an aversive tool, build confidence in a dog that's not confident, is by effectively being able to communicate with them in a way that they need to be communicated to. Because so so many times we get on our hands and knees and we say it's okay, Emma, let's go, and we give them food and chicken and steak and whatever we want to throw at them, their favorite is, and they're like, I don't care about that. So Mm -hmm. you either beat around the bush and you avoid the situation for the rest of her life and your life, or Mm -hmm. you, you have the conversation that you need to have with her to get her over that hump. And she goes, Oh, I'm not dead. It's not so bad. And I've done it over and over and over again. So it's, it's completely blowing this, the air quotes, scientifically proven aversives never work with confident or insecure dogs, building confidence Mm -hmm it 100 100% does and it has over and over and over again for me and all my clients that I help with these situations and so when we talk about modification versus suppression which means mm-hmm. like if a dog it like so so again like I'm devil's advocate as as af as possible like I I understand that there's certain limitations for certain things I'm not like I just, I really want people to understand, especially you, that, you know, using this tool can help you and your dog progress significantly. That's why we're having this conversation. It's not, you're not, you know, we're not just like, hey, let's just talk about this for a little bit. This is something that people struggle with on the daily. And so, so my point is, is suppression would be the dog forced to do something Mm. or sustainably not, um successful which means the next time you try to do this it's not going to happen because you've you've basically just suppressed it so you haven't fixed the behavior or modified the behavior you've basically just suppressed it because they want to escape right. the aversive right so like in an yeah. equation with the dog that I did this uh, another I did this recently too with a, a reactive german shepherd mm. so again a dog is reactive and a dog is completely losing their mind with is reactivity, which therefore maybe look like aggression to everyday people. Mm -hmm. And hell, maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, that's not the point. The point is, is the dog is reacting in a way because they're allowed to, much like human behavior, where if you're allowed to do this over and over and over and over again, drawing on the wall with Sharpies, kicking principles, spitting on people, whatever, without any repercussion or without any consequences for those actions – the only reason why that's going to go away is if they just decide, I don't want to do that anymore, right? You can't, you can't yeah. counter them with like, hey, have a cheeseburger instead. Well, then they eat the cheeseburger, and then they go back to kick— it doesn't teach them anything. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The real thing is, is peop- it's purely no punishment. So p- no punishment right, right. whatsoever. And so actually in the human society, imagine if we had no consequences, no punishment, it would be complete chaos and anarchy— even mm. more than it already yeah, is. Yeah. And in the animal kingdom, it's it's so derivative off of punishment and teeth mm. and fury and get the heck out of here. It's so natural for dogs mm. to understand consequences and corrections and things of that sort. I've studied it. I've watched it. It's real. It's 100% real. Even as little tiny puppies, it's real. Mm. So my point is, is the suppression would be Correcting the dog, and then them being afraid of the correction, but still being pissed off at the other dog that they're reacting to. Right. So they're so they're like, okay, I'm st- I still hate that dog, but I'm not gonna react because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the correction. I have over a hundred videos of me actually correcting a dog and modifying a dog's behavior, because the reaction that they were distributing or doing was actually fear based. And and when Mm -hmm. I say fear-based, it was mostly, I don't know what the hell to do. Once you Mm -hmm. correct the dog and say, leave it, and they go, oh, that's what you (laughs) want me to do. That's way easier. I don't want to bark anyway. And then Mm -hmm. the dog goes up and sniffs the dog's butt, or the dog walks past the dog with their tail wagging a hundred times, and we've studied and studied and studied this, then the suppression is not existent because that's what the other side to what we're talking about when we're dealing with Emma and we're dealing with a dog that's insecure and is fearful. Never, 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 never use punishment. And in this case, the prong collar isn't going to be punishment. It's going to be a communication. It's going to be a way to add value to this mix. And that's what I think will really push you guys over, over the ledge to success.
3: Yeah. I, I, no, I totally agree with that. Um, mentality and like in, in terms of like you know not being using a hybrid of things um and and it has worked with Emma too in the sense that you know the prong collar that I use now um it, it got us it would it'll get us to a certain point but I think that you're right that you know changing up the equipment could you know will definitely help yeah because um, I've been using the same one since uh, you know, obviously I got the, a better size, but, Mm -hmm. um, the same kind, which, which is, it definitely looks different from the ones that I've seen you use. Um, so it's probably, uh, well, I don't know if it's like, she's gotten so used to it now that it doesn't work as well or what, but, um, but yeah.
2: Well, yeah, all of that, but also too, like the long line plays a big role. Mm, because yeah. again, it's not just the it's it's the act it's it's all of it going into it. It's all of that. It's walking away twenty feet, thirty feet, and saying, "Okay, I'm leaving." So so again, let's paint a picture of walking on a sidewalk in a park, and there's somebody on a bench, or there's a kid on a bench, or a guy on a bench, or whatever she's afraid of. She puts on the brake. She goes, mm-hmm. "I can't," right? Right. You drop that long because you have the long line. You drop it. You have the and You keep walking. You get to right. the other side of the bench. You look at her and you say, "Emma, come." tap 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 and she's like well shoot you're way over there i gotta get and she just runs and sprints to you and you're like yay and then she (laughs) passes that gauntlet of terror and she goes oh Mm -hmm. my god do i have it okay i'm alive And you go hey good job and then you just keep going like it's no big deal and she's like well this is this is living life a lot better than you know before and and we're walking and we're exercising and we're taking this environmental stuff in and then you literally turn around and do the same thing again and you hit it again She puts on the, Mm -hmm. and I can almost guarantee you that the first time you have that communication with her via prong collar and she gets over it, the next time you go around, definitely the third time, but the next time you go around, she could be a little hesitant, but then she's just going to push right past Mm -hmm. it. She's going to go, okay, okay, I'll I'll go. I've seen, I can't, I can't express how many times that's, that's worked for me.
3: And what if, um, cause you know, that's one reaction she'll have, but sometimes she'll, she'll, Act, like lunge at people mm. if they get too close or anything. So in that sense, what do you suggest with the long line? You know, if if we're doing that and
2: well, she might, I yeah, I think it's like a, yeah, no, 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 no. It's a great, it's a great question. And I think like you know what we're dealing with here is is okay. So let's so it. Mm, hmm. So when we're dealing with something out of the ordinary, or we're dealing with something that needs a little bit more precision or a little bit more this isn't like okay just drop it off and like this isn't just drop the oil chain off it's this it's that it's this really specialty stuff you have to switch up equipment and you have to switch up gears really quickly so mm-hmm. i think um and and, and again like I, I want to mention too that a lot of the so the demo i just did a live on this uh on, on my youtube channel but the demographic of like what i work with mm-hmm. is not a puppy that came in six months that's jumping or a puppy that came in six months that's barking or whatever. The the, the dogs that I'm working with primarily are coming from all over with severe mm-hmm. issues. They're on their last leg. They're going to be euthanized. They've bitten people. They've killed cats. They've killed dogs. They've so mm-hmm. on. And not always, but the point is, is, you know, the amount of tools and the amount of things I use is because of the, the, the demographic that I work with. I'm not, I'm not working, especially when I post videos, you guys aren't seeing me work with, very basic stuff that PetSmart's doing or that, you know, a right. 4-H kid can do with hot dogs in their pocket. That's why I get a lot of flack for tools, tools, tools. It's like, yeah, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. working with this caliber of dog a hundred times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so I want to reflect on that for a second with, with what you're saying is, okay. is like switching up gears and being creative and being versatile is something that you're going to have to get used to doing because of Emma's, you know, you it's not a problem child it's just it's not it's something that you have to get creative with okay mm-hmm. so you have to so it's sure. not so like for me when i switch like i'll i'll show up to a training session with like two leashes a long line an e collar a prong collar a slip collar mm-hmm. martingale collar treats hot dogs like air <clears throat> horns like whatever i mean i'll i'll you have to get versatile if you're not versatile you're one-dimensional sure uh, you know why would you want to why would you want to do that to yourself and to your clients so you have to switch gears and it's not hard it just takes a little bit of practice you have to be able to switch up gears pretty quickly uh, depending on the environment that you're you're surrounding but I would say realistically once you get over that that push of like getting through these certain like rabbit holes of no I can't to okay I can not but mm-hmm. again realistically is is like you know the first conversation we had is we're not, looking for her to jump in the random people's laps we're just looking for her to just right. get okay, a little bit better each time and so right i think after you do that with the long line you switch back over to your six foot your four foot you'll be fine so now mm-hmm. you're back to normal healing and then if she lunges leave it but again, there's two. Mm-hmm. There's a flip to that. That coin is flipp- flipping like a joker coin <laughs> is you right. have to also realize that you're managing and advocating for her in public to make sure kids aren't running up, men aren't running up, anybody mm-hmm. really for that matter, aren't also yeah. coming up to get into her face, to pet her, to touch her. You're stopping that before that happens because no dog is going to be comfortable with that. In my opinion, you know, they're never going to, you know, some dogs are like, yeah, I don't care. Kill me, (laughs) you know, but then there's other dogs that are like, who the hell are you? What are you doing in my face? And you have to advocate for her because she's, 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 she's extra in that department. So I think Mm -hmm. my point is, is going back to the 20 foot versus the reactivity is once you get over that hump, I'm telling you right now, Mm -hmm. once you get over that hump and you have that conversation with her with the right equipment and the right pieces of tools, you just switch over to your four to six foot leash. I'd recommend a four foot. Okay. And then you're off to the races. And then you're just, you're healing and um, she's tight with you. And, you know, you're paying attention to her and you're conscious of what, what, what areas you're putting her into. You're not going to walk in between somebody right. that's standing. You go around or you go the other way and you just, you don't put her into those situations because it's not fair. So I would just say yeah. like management and and really like moving in the right direction as well. Like as far as momentum goes, like you're walking into an environment where you're like, how many people are going to reach out and touch her as I walk through this tunnel of people, Mm. you know, okay, well, four, that's four too many. You walk away, you go the other way or Mm -hmm. you put a muzzle on her or you just say, Hey, I'm Mm -hmm. just going to bring my dog through or whatever. I mean, whatever you have to do. I mean, life throws you such crazy stuff. I'm just there to help you, Yeah, you know, guide through that situation, but you just do the best you can with what you have.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Um, okay. So, so you suggest a prong collar, two point two five, with a yeah. long lead in a hybrid sort of thing, and then working our way. Obviously, yeah, being versatile with like what we have,
2: and yeah. starting and I, there. And I want to I want to explain too, because here's what happens a lot of times in dog owners get really, and that's what I think experience and professionalism and like expertise comes into play too, because some dog Mm -hmm. owners will see stuff in like a training session and the dog will flail and freak out. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, this is normal. And they're like, Oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like, it's okay. It's all good. Just, yeah, this is normal part of the process. Y'all just, she's nervous. She's in. So at the end of the leash, if she starts freaking out, you just stay neutral, nice and calm. Right. Cause she's Mm -hmm. like, I can't, I can't. So a dog is not going to sit there and go, Mom, I can't. I don't want to. I'm nervous. There's the guy, and there's the people, and there's the kids, and there's the bike. She's gonna, f- she's gonna try to run away. Fight or flight. It's very right. instinctual animal behavior. Doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you're a beetle, a gorilla, a giraffe, or a dog. It's. I gotta get out of here. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm gonna die. And so you just, right. you just, you just, you 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 intake that information. You just relax. You just stay neutral. She fights you. You just stay neutral. Don't mm-hmm. don't o- elevate, stimulate. Don't put more pressure on you. Just. Stay neutral, fight, let her, let her calm down. Just like with kids, right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're on an airplane and you don't let them freaking, you know, pull the red door and they cry. And you're like, okay, you just have, what are you going to do? I mean, it's just, you, right. you just, you, okay, this is what we're doing. Relax. So, same thing, like if she fights you a little bit, it's normal. It's okay. Um, yeah. You're not tugging and yanking and pulling and correcting know You just stay there. And then once she calms right. down, give her a little pressure. Your momentum now. Turn your body sideways. So if she's if she's to your left, you're going to turn your body sideways and you're going to kind of say, let's go. And you just kind of mm-hmm. like move forward and you just use your momentum to really move her forward because your body language plays a big role. You're 20 feet okay. away from her and there's somebody scary in between you um, and you say, Hey, let's go this way. She's going to want to get to you. And if you start walking away, it's kind of like, I always see this all the time with parenting, you know, where, where people are like, Hey, we're, we're leaving the park or we're leaving the playground. They're like, no. And you're like, all right, I'm out. Peace. And you know, and, the, yeah, and no. the moms just starts walking away and they're like, ah, and they come running to you. So it's very similar, right, right. very similar stuff. Of course you have to just be, you know, careful about what you're doing around the people. Like for me, I'm so right. agile with the leash. Like I can, men- maneuver excuse me i can maneuver so well with it Mm -hmm. that like i know i need to hold a leash a certain way so i'll levy the excuse me i'll levy the leash Mm -hmm. a certain way where i know that if that guy's to my left and she comes to me and she for whatever reason wants to go at him i have enough leverage where i can pull the dog away the other way so you just have to be careful and be uh, mindful of all those things too
3: right 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 okay um yeah, that all makes sense. But let me,
2: the leave it. I want to go back to the leave it with the reaction on the leash. Okay. So yeah. like we talked about avoidance and management with people, but also mm-hmm. too, if there's just random reactivity, again, you have to, you know we talked about the, you know, kicking the principal permanent marker on the wall. You have to be assertive and correct the dog at that time when it happens as well.
0: So right. verbally
2: marking to the dog, like when you say leave it, and then you yeah. in, you enforce the leave it with a correction or punishment, then mm-hmm. the, it, it's very simple. I mean, it's human psychology, right? You have somebody sitting right. there robbing a bank, and you're collecting all this money, and they're like, hell yeah, this is great. This is what I want to do. And you put that template to anything else, whatever a dog wants to do or whatever they feel comfortable with, and you're just like, no, please don't. Stop. <laughs> and it doesn't mean anything. You have to assertively say, hey, what are you doing? And that assertiveness for dogs isn't usually having a conversation because they're so far gone into I got to go you have to have a different conversation with them you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you have to represent something in a way that says you can't do this or hey like you know stop this so if your dog reacts you say leave it enforce it with a correction and the dog goes, "Hey, I don't like that." And you go, "Hey, I don't like you biting people because it's going to kill you. You're going to be euthanized. You're going to be sued. Right? Whatever. It's important for you. Like that. That shit's not going to. F- that's not cool. Like you. Yeah. Like that's why for me, I use such assertiveness and such tools in certain situations because I care so much about dogs that if they do something wrong, like recall, I use a, I use a, I use mm-hmm. an e-collar with a dog because I love them dearly, and I never mm-hmm. want them to be under a car. And I know that right. that happens just because rainbows and butterflies and fairy dust of like, Fido, come, don't you love me? And yeah. Like No, I'm on a rabbit. I'm on a deer. I'm on a <laughs> raccoon. I'm killing a ra- you know, whatever. So for me, right. it's like it's serious as a heart attack is correcting a dog for lunging at somebody is life threatening to them. And I need mm-hmm. to do my part because I care to correct them at all costs to make sure that they never want to do that again because it could kill them. So yeah. when they lunge, you can't just, oh, so sorry, my dog's reactive. It's like, no, correction, <laughs> bam. Don't ever do that right. again. That's inappropriate. That's deadly for you.
3: Right, so right. you just
2: have to make sure you're assertive, you're fair. So then in the future, if you're doing it right, your correction is scalable to a point. Mm-hmm. where And at that point, I don't care if it's suppression or not, because if they don't do it, but they want to, I'm still okay mm-hmm. with that. I don't care about right. the politics of like, are you fixing it or are you hiding it? I don't care at that point. If they're not doing it, they're not doing it because I don't want them to do it. I mean, ultimately, right. I'd like to modify it. But at that point, when you're just passing somebody randomly at Lowe's and they reach out for your dog and they're fearing the correction, but they still want to bite them. I'm OK with that. I don't give I could care less if they really want to, but they don't. It it, it saves their life and it saves somebody getting bit. Right.
3: Uh, so quick question about that. Um, so when, so in that situation, when I correct her, uh, if, if she lunges, do I give her the command and then correct her or do it as, do it simultaneously? Um,
2: if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> well, I think it just depends on what you're, how you're doing it, when you're doing it, how many times have you done it already? Um, so mm-hmm. for me, let's walk through a situation where you're walking and your dog's on, you know, any type of correction tool. It doesn't matter if you're using a, a freaking, it, it doesn't matter if you're using an air horn, if you're using a gentle leader, if you're using a prong collar, or whatever. If your dog lunges at the time that they're doing the action, you're going to correct that behavior with whatever correction mm. you have. Yeah. Right. If you have the timing and the professionalism Mm. and the skill sets to market as they're doing it which a lot of people do not because you're just waiting for you're just trying to get them away from somebody from biting them um that correction ultimately like the dog is going to learn that that action means that they get so like put your hand on a hot stove and you get burned okay that sucked i don't want to do that again right so the action is what 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 they understood of like me doing this gets me this proactively in the future if if you're walking and you see your dog start to build physically right they start building Mm -hmm. you can see it and you say leave it and then they lunge and you say leave it and you correct them you're Mm going to be able to skillfully mark and cue that um that uh i guess that that hey don't do this proactively in the future so we want to teach them that that leave it means hey disengage but that's something that yeah and again like the reason why i'm hesitant to say leave is because you really want to teach leave it outside of that anyway so if your dog is reactive and lunging you want to teach them to leave it outside of hey let's just go work on leave it with people's hands no Mm -hmm. you want to work on leave (laughs) it with toys and prey poles and food and whatever balls toys whatever it is proactively Mm -hmm. So they know when you're out, you can counter condition your dog's behavior of what they feel like they need to do for whatever reason Mm -hmm. with proactive obedience and counter conditioning. So does that answer your question?
3: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, So in the action, correct. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. I just had one other question before we um, run out is that, you know, a a sort of long-term goal that would be nice, but I want to know your opinion, um, is, you know, Emma's just such a... I would love to, like, see her, like, if we were out into this, like, hiking area and, like, be off-leash with an e-collar, you know, and working on recall, you know, if we got to that point. But I've been told that um, for maybe, like, two reasons to not use an e-collar with her is that she... Is reactive and fearful, and that it wouldn't be good for her. And then also, you know, say, you know, again, if we would be in in an environment um, where, you know, some she saw a dog she didn't like, and whatever. um, Basically, you know, if if I thought we were to that training point, but then you know something happened. What do you what do you think about that? um, I guess in in terms of both it being harmful for her but also
2: well yeah know. and I think I think it's a great question and the application of the tool is what makes or breaks that situation. I would agree that if you're a trainer which they're out there that only uses the e-collar as an aversive only right off the bat bang this sucks for you if you don't listen then yeah, that would not be a good situation for her because she is a sensitive, insecure dog and you're going to start to create mm-hmm. a lot of superstitious associations and it's going to be mm. potentially riskful for your dog's uh, mental state of mind. But the mm-hmm. application that I use it in, it's 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 nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. I've taught in many... like The application of the e-collar is, is as good as the person who's doing it. And the training right, of right. the e-collar is as good as the person applying it. So it's just like anything else. So... I think that if you're you're using it in a way that, like, I use it as a low-level stimulation and the dog can barely feel it and it's an association tool where they actually, like, right. if I get my e-collars out right now, my dogs go nuts because they're so excited. <laughs> so, like, that's what it means to me and all my clients, the way that I introduce it. So, mm-hmm. I don't think, you just have to make sure, of course, there's so many freaking, I mean, anybody in the world can be a dog trainer tomorrow. You, tomorrow, could be right, a dog right. trainer. Make your card, make your website, get a facility, Bam.
3: Right, just scary.
2: So you it just depends on how you apply the situation and how you apply the tool. So if you're using it as just a recall stimulation backup plan and you're just leveling it in very featheredly, very lightly, very um, low and very fun for the dog where the dog is responsive for food, that's what I do. I do Mm -hmm. low-level stimulation. The dog responds and they get paid with food. So when they feel that stimulation, they zip to me as fast as they possibly can and they get paid for it. They love it. Mm -hmm. Love that stimulation. Love the e-collar. Positive only trainers would, or or non-corrective trainers would just cringe hearing that, but it's the truth. (laughs) They love, 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 love. And you watch. I've done it time and time and again, time and time and time again, living, breathing proof on video format of dogs just responding so their tails are wagging their ears are up they're so happy they're engaged they're they love it so if you do it that way you're good but if you use it as an aversive only i i could see where that's going to r- run into problems for sure
3: yeah yeah that makes sense
2: all right and then in the future you can use it as as an aversive if you'd like um mm-hmm. but i wouldn't start off with just like hey this collar is going to suck for you and it's going to be a correction because that's where dogs get very collar aware and they're like this right. thing sucks but 99 percent of the time it should be very layered in in like a very positive way where they love it that's what it is to me right. it's what it is to my clients and my dogs yeah they hear like the plastic um, of the prong collar like move and they're, they're like right there they're <laughs> like hell yeah let's do this that's
3: awesome mm. um yeah she's I would, yeah, I would definitely need to work a lot with it being a very positive thing for her. I think I would honestly, if I ever did that, would work with a, a trainer who, uh, used it in that way and, yeah. you know, learn from them too. Cause I don't think I would totally yeah, trust it's, myself it's pretty, doing yeah, it.
2: It's pretty in depth. I always suggest people just yeah. uh, hiring a trainer that can help you through the process for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I think that was kind of all of the things I sure. wanted to address at least now, but I think, you know, we'll start with using that pro collar and mm-hmm. kind of working on those exercises. Cause it's so funny. Cause like, I know when she, like, for example, um, she has like this dog friend and they're a couple and there's a, you know, obviously a, a man in in the equation and she's totally fine with him. And like, he pets her and whatever. And so I know she can be okay that, you know, we just need to work on getting there. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes.
2: Yeah. You just have to start, you know, there and, 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 uh, send me an email and update me and let me know what's, what's going on with it.
3: For sure. I will. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. It's nice to meet you.
3: Nice to meet you too. Thank you so much and take
2: care. Lots of information going on here, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to be uh, hitting this back again next week. So make sure you turn on your notifications. Again, if you haven't yet, do me a favor, leave a review, rate this podcast. Let me know what you think about it. I appreciate you guys so much. You're the best. I will talk to you next week. Bye.